0: All right, so Justine, yeah, nothing's holding me back at this point.
1: Holding you back from what?
0: Well, excuse me, I'm just lighting up a joint. Um, Well, let me pull up this article that just freed me to pursue my dreams. Uh, The UFC's anti-doping policy will no longer punish athletes who test positive for THC, so the only thing that's been holding me back from getting on there and kicking all those guys' asses it's the fact that I smoke marijuana,
1: and that you don't train, don't.
0: Oh, stop! <laughs> I'm so I'm so physically power. I'm such a powerhouse. Mm. Yeah, those guys would just run out of the ring if they saw me approaching it. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm just being cheesy. Uh, so speaking of being cheesy, we're gonna be easy breezy today, um, and we are actually joined by Bree, uh, who's a bud tender here in the state of Illinois. Um, Bree, welcome to the Illinois podcast.
2: Hello, happy to be here.
0: Yeah, so before we get too far, Bree, uh, tell uh, our listeners where we, they can find you on social media and stuff if they'd like to get connected.
2: My IG is Bree the Cannosaur. Um If you want to follow my Snapchat, by all means, it's very boring, but uh, Breathe the Canassore. I do a lot of infusions and um, infused cookups, so
0: it's nice to watch. <laughs>
1: Hell yeah. Love infusions <laughs> yeah we'll
0: have that folks uh, we'll have the ig handle in the description of the podcast so um if you want to just copy and paste it into your instagram app just check out that uh, the description of this podcast and it'll be in there so yeah i just have to say i follow you on uh, instagram and a lot of great content right off the bat so
2: i'd like um, to think i'm funny
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are you are so tell us a bit about yourself and how you got in the industry and such
2: um, I'm homegrown from Chicago, West Side. I do not take South Side slander. Don't do that in the comments. Um, I became a bud tender after undergrad. I experienced a really bad car accident, had a really big major like fight with depression and anxiety just coming from that. That PTSD was too much. So I looked up my dream job and it was a dream. I realized it was possible in Chicago and I did it. And it was a great ride with some, you know, twists and turns.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As butt tending usually is.
2: <laughs> yeah, they should definitely like put disclaimers up for that.
1: Right. Online, I, it looks like a dream. <laughs> I I 100% agree with you because um, much like you, I got into the industry. I was working a job that I really hated and... Um, I I looked it up and I was like, you know, I know that there are some shops in my area, but they're never hiring. I mean, that's that's got to be an impossible job to get. And I applied <laughs> and I got it. And, you know, after about a year in, I was like, man, I at what point in my life did I think that working in retail would be a dream? Like, how did this happen to me?
2: <laughs> right. Like all the things that your parents tell you like get that corporate job get that 401k and here you are just like I sell weed Mm -hmm. and I got my 401k so I made it
1: right yeah I I love to tell people I make a salary for selling weed and that's usually pretty shocking to people outside the industry
2: (laughs) yeah grandma see those funny cigarettes did something
1: right (laughs) so uh, how long um, have you been a bud tender now
2: So I will be coming up on two years. So I'm still a baby in the industry. Uh, I came in at the very perfect time where it was still medical and you still got to actually learn the plant and learn how it works for people and actually consult. So I'm really grateful for that. I couldn't imagine coming in, you know, during this time because there's a piece, there's definitely a piece missing that I think every blood tender needs and just doesn't have now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're trying to move people through quickly and they're like, here's how to use the cash register. Here's where you get the weed out of and go.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, you they don't get to learn about the cultivator. Like when we came in, you had to know that cultivator and what was the difference between this GG4 and this GG4 because they're drastically different. So, you know, I'm very appreciative that I came in during that time also very sad looking back at that at the fact that that time is gone yeah
1: yeah absolutely um do you have any like really memorable patient experiences or anything
2: oh hell yeah my favorite one is I call it the cootie cat story and it was when Wreck first happened, I think the third day. And even though I I really want to share a medical story, but this was just the funniest thing that happened. This woman came in line and it was her and her boyfriend. And she was like, hey, we're going to have a wild night today. What do you got? And if you were there at the first few days at Wreck, we had nothing. All we had was RSOs, gummies, and maybe a gram. So... I told her, honestly, nothing really. She said, well, I saw this RSO and I knew it was a liquid. Can I put it in my cootie cat? And she yells it to the store. (laughs) And my face turns beet red because I'm like, what? What is happening? Is this happening? And I said, no, I wouldn't do that just for health reasons and yeast infections. And just I don't know what that does. That just seems so risky to me. She says, okay, cool. Don't worry about it. I'll just buy two of them. She buys them. No harm, no foul. Comes back the next day and she just gives me this whole big wink and like pops her teeth and like looks at him and just points and like looks at me. And I'm just so like weirded out and my face is beat red because I'm like, this is the lady from yesterday who just yelled at the whole store. Can I put this in my vagina? And now she's like, yup, did it. (laughs) look at this face smile at me laugh at it and the only person who heard it was my boss so he's like no lady no and it was only really hilarious because nobody else in the store knew like why she was being so obnoxious and like dancing in line Mm -hmm. and we're just like gross gross
1: Yeah, usually you're like, I don't need to know what you're going to do with those products when you get home with them. I mean, whatever you do is totally your prerogative, but please don't tell me.
2: <laughs> don't tell me, please. And then don't dance your way back in the store after telling me because then now I pictured it. And
0: now, <laughs> right. And now you I can't it.
2: share it. I can't share it with the store is just me picturing that in my head suffering right. and you're having things. a great time.
1: One of those things you can't unknow. <laughs> you really wish you could. Wish you had that men in black tool to erase your memory
0: temporarily.
2: Or at least tell the room so that I'm not standing there like a like a clown just like, oh, God. No. <laughs>
0: you're alone in it.
2: <laughs> I was so alone in it. And now you know what? Everyone who was in the room that day, you're welcome. You know why.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's
0: amazing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do you have any um, I guess you know, adult use that's that's a crazy adult use story. Do you have any touching like medical cannabis uh, stories or do you look back at all on those days? It sounds like you do. Um, and um, if so, why?
2: I look back often. There was just a different type of consumer then. We were really helping people and it was just touching the to see someone you know who maybe had cancer and would come in. 90 pounds and say hey I need to stimulate my appetite and I need to sleep and I'm truly suffering and we'd work with them for months trying product after product thing after thing and you just see them slowly rebound like that was the most beautiful part of working just knowing you can establish that bond and I don't know if um, you remember very vaguely products back then were so flighty you kind of had to learn them all And go thing by thing, knowing that you might not have that next week or in the next two weeks. So it really, truly was you becoming this pharmacist for this person. And I miss that, honestly, because the consistency was something they needed and something that was important. And that bond was needed just during that time. So I miss that for them and I miss that for myself.
1: Yeah. I 100% agree with you. It was, it was so hard mentally to shift from that role of like, okay, I can sit here with you. I can talk to you for a while. We can talk through some things. I can give you a good recommendation. And then adult use just hit like a ton of bricks. And all of a sudden you've got people that are just like, give me whatever you have. I don't care. I don't care. Just give me something. And yeah. you to make that really like educated recommendation and give them something they're going to be happy with. But You know, you've got 300 people in line behind them. You don't have, you can't take that kind of time. And that was really hard for me as well.
2: It breaks your heart because it's like, I know this person. Like, we're on a first name basis. This person brings me baked goods and calls me honey. Uh, You know, there's a rapport that I've established. And in one day, I have to break that down and say, I don't have what you normally want. And, you know, the inventory that we do save for you isn't enough and doesn't have anything that could be used for you. And it, it crushes you because there's just nothing you can do. Yeah. yeah. And when I say you- that just to say, like, just to give them the view of us as bud tenders now. Like, they're not sliding you. They don't want to do this at all. I promise.
0: Right. On that note, when you guys uh launched with adult use at your store did you have a situation where you actually i had this at the stores i went to um, and i heard it happened at a lot of stores where they actually had to limit medical cannabis patients um and i mean there was a lot of things going on right i mean there was arguably a manufactured shortage i'm always Mm going to argue that 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 happened but there was also like patients being scared that there was going to be a shortage. And so they were like buying out what they could, you know, and so that was contributing to a lot of the shortage. And, uh, but do you recall, did you have, first of all, I guess, did you have, did you see that at your store? Did you have to like impose limits all of a sudden on medical patients?
2: Yeah. um, The one thing that I will say was, was super special about my store was at that time, most of management had either quit or got fired. So it was really just like the core team. So when we saw the writing on the wall, we cared enough about our patients to say like, hey, they haven't put a limit yet, but get what you need. Do what you got to do. I I don't forget that. If I get yelled at, I get yelled at. But do what you got to do because we're doing what we got to do. And I care about you enough where you're more important. Yeah. So I was very, we were very fortunate enough to have that still wiggle room to just say hey have at it now when they put the limit down then it sucked for sure but we got at least a few people that we knew who needed it what they needed
0: yeah yeah it's just it's rough because it's like when I went to the store and they're like oh you can only buy and eight the flour I was like no I can buy two and a half ounces of flour if I want to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean and so like it it was a real mind fuck and i can't imagine for somebody that like think of just think about it in another like let's use you're talking about you know kind of being a pharmacist to think about if your pharmacist told you that you went to walgreens and they're like hey uh sorry we can only give you five vicodin today um, you slip out yeah yeah and i like that's just something that doesn't happen. I mean, it's just crazy to think about the, if you think about the inverse, I guess, of this situation. So,
2: Agreed. And I think that's what kind of pisses me off about the way blood tenders are treated with their companies. Like this is the person not only doing the legwork, but they're the person getting punched in the face because you made a decision that is affecting them and the person you're serving. You don't get to deal with any of that. You don't have to get yelled at. You don't have to get, you know, completely brutalized by this person. So when you make that decision, think about not only the people who are buying, but the people who have to do that work because it sucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And I mean, they I don't know if it's ever been the case in your store, but um, I know in my store, our upper management and corporate level would put us in positions where we were running risks of being out of compliance we were running risks of having all these issues and um then you know the employees get blamed for that and it just it's rough it's a it's a much rougher job than i think a lot of people think it is yeah
0: and let's break that down ladies since you both have been bud tenders like let's put it let's put it really clear for our audience i think this is going to be like an illuminating like a lot of people i don't think have heard the perspective of a bud tender before and you know justine you've we've talked a little bit about your experience and everything but like let's just start off with the fact that Bree, you guys aren't growing it in the back room right
2: no not at all right so some don't people don't know that anything we don't do literally right. we have no control every time there's a defect and you yell at the store you are not yelling at us. You are right. yelling at the company. Go yell at that company. We just ha- put it in the bag and give it to you.
0: I'm glad you said that. Cause that was the, that was the point I was actually going to try to make out of bringing up that direct question, because not only do you feel like potential, like let's say Brie, you gave out concentrate that had concentrate on the lid. And you know, I come back and I voice that frustration and, um, that of course isn't on you because there's a whole transportation process and everything Mm -hmm. else. But, but from my perspective, it is, but even it, it even extends to like, like when the product is bad, I guess what I'm trying to say is you, you not only get things that might've been within your control, but you also get complaints that are way, and most of them are way out of your control. And so that's uh, when you say you're the face of the company, I wanted to kind of, illustrate that in multiple ways like you you take like all the heat not only the good compliments but all the bad compliments and a lot of them you have nothing to do with because again you're not in the back room growing it you don't package it you don't transport it you just take it off the shelf and scan it (laughs) it's
2: literally like going into walmart and saying why the hell is this package of macaroni rotten? Well, I yeah. had no idea the package of macaroni is rotten because it is closed and I can't see inside of it. Right. And you just scanned it out and went home and opened it. That's the only way I knew. Hopefully, you know I can get back to the cultivator, but it's not me personally. It's my manager, and then it's not even my manager. It's his manager, and then this right. is his manager. So there's so much that we're not involved in that it's like, feed it up the chain. I promise you, you'll get more results. Feed it up the chain.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but I've, when I've, when I found out this perspective and everything, like I literally went to the dispensary the other day and I ordered something and uh, they said the order was ready and I got there and it wasn't. And like, I feel like anybody else would have flipped out, but I knew that the guy that was helping me, it was like, it wasn't his fault. So I was just like really calm and cool with him. He was like, hey, we actually don't have that. And I was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, all right, well, uh, do you have any similar products? And he's like, no. And I was like, okay, no problem, man, take care. And he like, you could tell he felt really bad. And he was also like kind of awestruck by how passive I was about it. But it's just like, When you know that they truly are just like, if it's not on the shelf, it's not on the fucking shelf. Like I love that analogy you gave, Bree, about Walmart, like or any other store. Like we don't really do that in other. Not only that,
1: but the fact that your bud tender seemed taken back by the fact that you were calm about it should say a lot about (laughs) what it's like to have that job. Because it's not, it's not people just calmly coming in being like, "Oh, you guys only have grams of flour today." Dang, I was hoping to get a whole ounce, but that's all right. Can you just call me when they're back in stock? <laughs> no, it's people saying, "This is my fucking medicine, yeah. and you better have it on the shelf." I don't understand. And Absolutely, it's rough
0: for sure. Every
2: time you look at a bun tender, I want every single person listening to know you are looking. At somebody who has been yelled at, talked to so disrespectfully, not only on the front end, but on the back end, like that person is probably going through it despite the smile and still giving you as much customer service as they possibly can. It's a lot. So the least you can do is come in there with full kindness and respect because they're just doing a job. And right. they only have so much control over that job that they should have a ton of control over because they're on the ground floor. They should have a lot more control so that you can actually justify that reaction, but they don't.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I totally started somewhere and lost my train of thought.
0: It's okay. Uh, I just, like, the way I think of it is, like... My job is totally different than bud tending, but like whenever people get frustrated with me and my job, like, and I think the same is true, could be true with bud tenders too. It's like, look, I woke up this morning and I didn't intend on telling you that I don't have an ounce for you. Like mm-hmm. I, if I woke up this morning and I went to my job, like hoping that I'd just be kicking ass and taking names all day, like in a positive way. Right. Like yeah. I'm giving you whatever you want. You go home happy. You enjoy the product. Like, of, like who would actually think that anybody as a bud tender would be like coming coming to work and trying to make stoners days bad like that's just like you say it's just there's so many layers of control that you're not involved in
1: well and it and, like sorry i picked up my train of thought Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to you have to keep in mind too that um you know People that are tending, it's not like a fast food job where you went and you got a job application because you needed to make some money. People that mm-hmm. tend are people that are passionate about the industry and they get kind of a front row seat to being let down by the industry because of, you know, shortages and um, the type of people that you encounter and how you get treated. Yeah.
0: Well, Brie, and can you, I guess just to feed off of what Justine was saying, like, yeah, I don't know about you, but... I don't know about your experience, I guess, but becoming a bud bud tender, it's not like you uh, submit your application and come on in. It's time to start selling weed. You know, like it's a it's I guess the way I'm trying to put it is like if somebody needed a job, a bud tending job is not like you almost have to have a job and you're wanting to take a chance on bud tending. Would would, you agree with that?
2: So with the, because I've actually moved around in these past two years, I've gone from bud tending to really a call center where honestly, if you've worked at the call center for the, for any of these companies, you're basically a phone bud tender. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's very interesting in the sense where for bud tending, they expect you to have all of these qualifications. Like there's so much That you're required to know and do for that role but for the roles higher it's even stricter but you talk to that person and they require it even less like my manager worked at yanking candle somehow and i'm training him after i've learned the industry top to bottom had to take this bud tending class had to get this license from the state and get that approved in two three months and be hired for a job for two to three months and quit my other job while I wait just to be able to walk through the door. When well, you probably um, had to
0: go through the background check and fingerprinting too, right?
2: Yeah, that well, I too. like to throw
0: that detail in there. I don't want that, to cut you off,
2: but. Oh no, you're good. That's totally part of it. That's waiting the three months just to do all of that. <laughs> and then there's the part where you have to wait for them to schedule you and find the room for you and, be approved to have you there. Like there's so much that goes into that job. And then you get there and you figure out you're making $16 an hour and that you're the person working above you knows nothing about cannabis at all. Nothing. Doesn't even smoke it. They think CBD is great and hemp. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so, it's so soul crushing. Cause you're like, I just did all this work for yeah. this entry level job that just turned out to be me turning into a robot asking if you want a pre-roll or gram or this gummy that does not work at all
0: yeah it's a lot (laughs) it's
2: It's, so much
0: it's it's tough it may it we should spark up some weed i feel like that's why we smoke (laughs) weed right right
2: (laughs) oh i immediately picked it back up i was like i need that
0: (laughs) What what are you smoking on today
2: gucci OG.
0: Oh my, that sounds, that sounds luxurious.
2: Right. I don't, I didn't look up the terpene profile yet, but just the name, I was like, that's expensive. I need it.
1: Yes. (laughs) Does it got you feeling Gucci?
2: Absolutely. Just those two puffs, just to waste all the little quirks I just said. So we're back good.
1: (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yeah. I was going to kind of turn the conversation because I know we have been talking about like a lot of the shitty parts of being a bud tender and um, how we get treated and stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, we can't deny that there are good things, good times. Um, do, Absolutely. You have, do you have like a patient success story that kind of comes to mind? That person that came in super apprehensive and by the time they came back, they were just in love with you.
2: Yeah. Um, my first week was hell. Cause I was just a new person and patients have already established a certain working relationship with the current staff. And I was clearly just like the new fish. And there was this one guy, he was super tall, very, what seemed like mean to me and standoffish. And I just thought I'm not going to win this guy over. I know my shit about cannabis, but you know, he likes who he likes And by the end of the day, I hooked him up with his favorite concentrate that he maintained was his favorite because I picked it out. And ever since then, no matter who he was with, he'd say, what do you recommend, Bria? What what do you like? And I also established like his favorite days. I used to we had a TV at the time in the back and I would do theme days of what we would play on TV. So it would be like Simpsons Sunday or um. Thirsty Thursdays, where I would just pay, play like thirst trap movies, romantic movies, or whatever theme I had. Mm-hmm. And he's like, every time I come in here, you're always playing my favorite stuff. What concentrate you got for me? So <laughs> it was just moments like that with patience, like that, that were just awesome. Where you could just be yourself, and you're actually enjoying the fun part of cannabis. Where you're just like, I want to get stoned. This is what got me stoned. You want to get lit? This is what's gonna get you lit. Here's cartoons.
1: yeah i love it that sounds like such an awesome environment like from a patient perspective to come in and like you know on the sun on sunday you know if you're waiting you're going to be watching the simpsons that's awesome
2: yeah like it was the part that made me started working there just i and i think you can remember it too just from being a patient and working there it was very homey and familiar familiar at first You really had a family that you were visiting whenever you came.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we even, um, we had like a nickname for our team where we were Phoenix Fam. um, And we definitely treated each other like family. We treated our patients like family. And it just creates like such a great environment.
2: Yeah, it makes you want to be there. It makes you want to learn and grow in the industry until you realize that there's no upward mobility. But that's another story.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, like in the, I feel like, you know, experiences like you were just describing, and I saw it, Justine, when I met you, like you guys were able to pick uh, the music and therefore the vibe, you know, for the day. And sometimes you'd have movies on. And of yeah. course, we don't, see, we don't see that now with, with the way that the dispensary's gone, a much more corporate approach. But I, you know, like I feel like those types of things, not only make the, the 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 sorry the patients want to come in but also the employees like it gives you something to look forward to like Bree, i'm sure you were like like you would probably think about the next day and like what you wanted to play or what the theme was going to be or whatever yeah you know, like it was exciting right
2: we were a young staff so if you came in and if me and a certain coworker on the staff and he knows who he is you're hearing trap music all day future hendrix Top to bottom. <laughs> you're going to hear everything we want to hear because we want you to come into our environment and know that you're safe with us and that you're actually dealing with us as people, not someone who's trying to sell you the highest rated flower or, you know, right. this te- this is the most expensive by that. No, you're dealing with me, the person who wants to help you and follow whatever journey you're trying to follow. So that's That's definitely something that I miss. Now it's like uh, going to an Apple store that just so happens to have shitty cannabis products.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like an Apple store, not to get too deep, but you can like, you're like morally conflicted going there. (laughs) You're just like, I don't want to support this, like, absolutely. Yeah. There's some things I just have to go to the dispensary for, you know, like, and, and I, you know, sometimes I try to go to other states for it, especially states with reciprocity. But let's be honest, there's a risk involved with that, too. So sometimes I just look at it as a convenience tax, like if I'm looking to get a cartridge. But I always, like I say, feel just morally conflicted going in there. You know, it's like we were talking about on a podcast the other day. It's like I love Coca-Cola, but they're also like one of the number one polluters in the world. And yes. unfortunately the cannabis industry seems to be shaping up just like that. Like when I went to Colorado, I was really excited. And I like, I had just turned 21 at the time. And so it was like a, a trip, you know, and I've told this story before on the podcast before I, th- I think, but um, you know, I was like really excited and I had all these ideas of what it was going to be. And I had heard like, you know, how much tax dollars D- Denver was using and, when I when I arrived, they were like running sweet street sweepers and like everything was like fucking clean as shit. And I was like, these are the tax dollars at work. I had this like just like a positive outlook and I bought cannabis and I ended up going to like uh, a trail. I was really excited to like experience legal cannabis, go on a trail and, you know, just live life. A dream. Yeah. And I started unwrapping my packaging and Like put it in my pocket, but as I was looking down, putting it in my pocket, I saw on the ground like some dube tubes and other people's like cannabis packaging they just like threw on the ground, and I was just like, you know, that that wasn't necessarily the result of a store. But the thing about it seems like all the stores is like packaging. There's so much plastic, and it's like we came from this like sustainable movement where we weren't only talking about cannabis like as a drug and how great it is as A drug, right? It it is a drug, but we were also talking about like hemp as an industrial resource and, you know, uh, reduce, reuse, recycle, that whole thing.
2: Illinois and a lot of these companies saw the culture that was built before. Like the stoner culture was super sustainable. Reuse everything. We literally made pipes and, you know, bowls out of apples. Yeah, And they just said, ignore all that look at this cool packaging that's reflective and can also, you know, be portable. It's like they ignored all the fundamentals. And unfortunately, we swallowed it up. So we're here now.
0: Right. Yeah. And you got to hope that, I mean, I keep saying, so we've posted on our Instagram before, and I actually think I even saw it in the most recent bill, which uh, died on the floor, but um, they were talking about, um, establishing rules for refunds and exchanges. And the idea is that these rules need to be established because as it stands, you probably know this, you can't bring product back on site. Which sucks. So, which sucks like for the fucking consumer, but it also doesn't make sense going forward if they're going to have consumption lounges at dispensaries, you know, post COVID yep. or whatever. Um, it doesn't make sense that you wouldn't be able to bring packaging on site so that's the other reason these rules are coming about but of course probably because of all the delays and everything else they've been put off for quite some time but i saw the language again in um the latest bill that like i s- said died um what i'm i guess what i'm trying to hope what i'm hoping to see in the future is that when that stuff comes about hopefully we see people start to recycle containers right and maybe there's like some loyalty programs set up on that because like they do that in colorado and i love that like I literally I know, keep certain containers because I'll go back and I can reuse them, you know.
2: I know that like um, some places like last year, well, I'm not going to say last year because I'm thinking like I'm still in last year. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> when it was medical, were recycling containers and then it was just like this whole kick up from the state about not wanting them to do that, which was dumb. So sure. it was kind of already happening. The state was just finding something to yell about the way they normally do. Yeah. It's, it's really all, if you look at the dispensary top to bottom and the industry top to bottom, it's just like dumb, 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 dumb. And until all of us as a unit and people who want to see an environment where there's social equity and there is, you know, respect for the bud tender and respect for you know our culture that should be reestablished, we have to say this is dumb and stop supporting the big powerhouses that shove that dumb down your throat because you see it
1: yeah absolutely um so what like if you could do anything to change the industry or to change things for yourself or for other people um what what kind of plans would you have for that
2: everyone get a raise you make one um, million dollars over more than that i'm being gener- i'm being very small here but you have employees who make 15 dollars an hour that's just gross to me yep. your ceo makes so much but you have employees who make fifteen dollars an hour and are barely getting holidays like they're we're there around the clock mm-hmm. and you can't even give us a raise above 23 bucks which is just bare minimum okay living yeah and it's Illinois you know how much things cost You know how much it is just to maintain living, and we're in a pandemic on top of that. So not only are we maintaining this low wage, we're in a pandemic and risking our lives for you to keep that buck going. Yeah. And, you know, treat people like they're people. It's not just, you know, the people at the bottom of the totem pole who are saying, I feel terrible working here. It's everyone everyone is being worked into the ground. It's just unfortunate that at the bottom level, there's a very big amount of abuse going on. So if I could change anything, it would be for them to hire people like myself in their corporate circles to tell them that these things are happening, because unfortunately, there is nobody up there who's like myself saying that this is happening, because it's that same person that's in charge and that's in those higher positions. They don't have to deal with that on the day to day. They've never had to experience any of this on the day to day. So how are they possibly having that conversation? Hire an HR department that is actually honest with the company about what happens. Because if you talk to each one, there is a gross amount of things happening that shouldn't be happening in something that stemmed from stoner culture. It's a very peaceful and loving and open society and open culture that should not have fostered for you this amount of abuse and amount of mistreatment for your employees. And the fact that you can pay them that low, knowing that we come from this culture, gross. Fix it all.
0: Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Absolutely. Fucking preach. <laughs> <laughs> I it's,
2: it's disgusting. It's at the point where you're in the best city and the most beautiful city in the world. And you hire black and brown faces for your media. Right. It, there is a company right now that's currently using my face. And it's disgusting that they use my face because I was the most outspoken there. And you know what happened. So don't use me, please. Like that, that in itself, knowing all that happened and knowing that you can still profit off of someone that way is disgusting.
0: Yeah. That's I, yeah, I remember when we first started talking and that's one of the things that you had mentioned and that's it's just nuts. And it's not unlike them. I just have to say, I have to give a shout out to Mike Malcolm uh, the you know, where there's another cannabis company. If you guys go back and listen to our episode with Mike Malcolm, it's also something he's written about on his web website. I'll give that a plug really quick to weedtravelfood.com um, Yeah. He had a pretty interesting experience where yeah. A cannabis brand ended up using his image as uh, a, well, kind of, you know, without his consent so yeah
2: when you shop there you feed when you shop there you feed into that when you shout them out and repost their stuff you feed into that look at every place that you shops employee reviews and you'll see what you're supporting look at if they're unionizing and you'll see what they're supporting we're we're yelling out for you to see you just have to do the work and listen because there's a lot more work to silence us than there is for us speaking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just another shout out to folks that are, you know, trying to shoot towards efforts. I think that you're shooting for Daniel Corral uh he worked, I think for GTI. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've since, you know, canned him because he had an opinion. Right. So
2: I definitely uh, about- am familiar with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, got to give a shout out to him, folks. If you if, uh, if you look on our podcast feed, we did a episode with him, and he does a deep dive into a lot of fucked up shit that's happened, and it's it's a lot of the stuff you've been talking about. You know, like, um, did you have by chance just to get into your experience? Did you have any problems uh, persuading your dispensary to do curbside? Because he he did have an ex- uh, problem you know, kind of getting that to happen when COVID came around, which is just crazy. It's like, protect your people.
2: Um, with my dispensary, when COVID happened, there wasn't even a discussion. We weren't allowed to even discuss. It was just, this is what's happening. We're on a 13-hour AB work schedule. One day, you'll have a on-day and an off-day, and that's what we're doing. I would literally cry in my boss's face saying like, I can't do this. I haven't seen my family. Um, Being here 13 hours a day feels like madness. You know, I, I just can't. And there was just nothing to be done because she's right there with me doing the exact same thing. So me talking to her does nothing. Um, I reached out to the CEO once and spoke to him about it and about everything that was going on. And I and remember it was so even more fucked up because it was during the black lives matter time too. So I'm a black woman as well. So it was just all so much at once. Sure. And I reached out to like HR and the CEO to say like, Hey, I'm drowning and I need you to give me a break somewhere. And I pretty much just got told, you know, sorry, you hate your job, but there are people who love their job. So, yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I 100% can identify with you. I mean, we at my dispensary, when adult use came around, um, we only had, I think it was like four or five bud tenders who were badged, and about 12 people that they had hired late, knowing that badging was super backed up. Sounds right. um, And that they wouldn't be badged in time. And because of that, the first day, we did a solid, uh, I think it was somewhere between 16 and 18 hour shift with all of us on shift the whole time. Yep. And at the end of the night, we kind of turned to the corporate people who had come down to help us out. And we're like, so, you know, what's next? Because what kind of scheduling are we supposed to do? And they were like, yeah, everybody open to close tomorrow. I was like, we open at 10 a.m., we close at 10 p.m. Somebody has to be here around like eight o'clock in the morning to start counting inventory. Like, you want all hands on deck for that entire amount of time, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. it's like, Yeah, that's what we expect until everybody else is badged. And we just immediately kind of turned to each other. And I was like, Okay, so who's got the morning shift? All right, so you'll be off work at, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, who's going to take the mid shift. Okay. I just need one person. All right. And then who's going to close with me. And yeah. we just divvied it up right there. Cause we're like, that is bullshit. That is ridiculous. You cannot possibly expect people who are medical patients ourselves, yes. you know, indicating that we have pain disorders. We've got, you know, different things going on in our bodies that technically are a medical condition And you're telling us that we're not going to be able to rest for at least the next two weeks while we wait for these people to get badged. Like, that's insane.
2: Yep. That is exactly what happened. Oh, my God. My soul. You just read it. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. The first day, 530 a.m. to like 11 p.m. Fake smile on your face. Uh, I think the next day, the only reason I wasn't at work is because I got out of bed and I physically fell to the ground and was like, my legs are dead. I'm not coming. Like, I can't. I can't get up. And it was like five of us, like you said, waiting for the rest to get badged, just wondering, like, what is this madness? Like, and then the worst part of it, I'm pretty sure you experienced that as well, was like everyone around you is so happy corporate is so happy they're giving the line pizza and t-shirts and souvenirs (laughs) they're playing music and you're in the ins you're on the like dying on the inside like I I have to get out of here I'm sleepy I'm hungry you just had your 30 minute break that's the only break you have (laughs) and everyone's so happy
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it was a big party atmosphere all the while my coworkers and I are cussing under our breaths and, you know, going back into the vault to tell each other that we can't do this. We can't handle it. You know, we think we're going to pass out, you know, we're sore, we're tired. And I actually ended up getting super, super sick. I mean, um, same to, to the point where they finally were like okay everybody else has to stay but you need to leave because that's you what happened to me to here
2: oh my god did you get strep in the flu at the same time too
1: uh i'm not exactly sure what it was but it was definitely like a very very bad respiratory illness that same. really it oh god i i wouldn't be surprised if i found out that it actually was corona but um Yeah, it was awful. It was absolutely terrible to go through.
2: It was a disaster. It (laughs) was terrible. Like, it was the exact same story. I walked in, they looked at me and was like, you are going to pass out, go to the hospital right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to be worked to that point, selling weed, you know, Your favorite thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Cole and I had a lot of conversations around that time about like, you know, is it worth it? Like, I never thought it would be like this. Is this even worth it to, you know, live out my dream of being a bud tender and getting further into the cannabis industry? Because this is, I can't sustain this. This is Mm -hmm. unreal.
2: And just the way they just mold you into a robot. Like Mm -hmm. I always thought I have a backbone. You're never going to do this to me. I will yeah. never I will never do this. But it was like slow slowly they inch you into a place where you compromise yourself and you compromise, you know, your values and what you stand up for because you're thinking I'm chasing the dream. You know, in a year this will pay off because I'm one of the, you know, last few team members. They're gonna put me at a new store and then I can, you know, shape the culture there and make sure. Nobody has to do this again. You get you tell yourself, I'm staying so that someone else doesn't have to experience this.
1: Yeah. And then absolutely.
2: It's like the new people come in and you see them actually experiencing this. And that's when you kind of go, Okay, this is for nothing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I I definitely went into it and kind of had my eyes on a managerial position and i was like i'm gonna run this store they're gonna give me my own store because i'm just kicking ass at this and then Mm -hmm. yeah you get new people in and you wake up in the morning you're like all right now i gotta put on my stupid little uniform and go in my stupid little car to get to my stupid little job to sell Mm -hmm. stupid fucking weed for no money like uh yeah, and you hate to get to a point where you start to resent it and you start to hate it and you start to have days where you wake up and you're not like, all right, let's see who I can help cure today or who, you know, who's gonna get a better night's sleep because of mm-hmm. what I'm doing today, to just being like, Jesus Christ, are we gonna run out of pre-rolls? Like I'm how many mad people am I gonna have to talk to about that? And you start
2: um, to hate them.
1: You're like, Yeah, you
2: shut the fuck up. You shut yeah. up, you shut up.
1: Yeah, you lose respect for the people in line where it used to be that that's your family. The, you know everybody on a first name basis. You know about their family. You know about you know what they do for a living to like you show up and you see all these faceless people and you're just like, God, you fucking idiots. Why do you even yep. want to do this right now?
2: I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. You, yeah. you, you. And you're like, I don't mean that. I don't. <laughs> I don't like, I'm sorry.
1: I, I still know that you're a human and that you still are like, you deserve kindness and you deserve respect and everything, but like, but God, don't <laughs>
2: you see me here dying?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we probably not the most professional move, but um, as bud tenders, my staff and I, we would ask people how long they had waited in line, how long they had driven to get there and stuff. Same. And you know, if somebody's like, I I drove all the way from the opposite point in Indiana to get here, it took me like eight hours. I waited in line for four hours and now I'm here and I'm buying this pre-roll. And we're like, you waited, you drove that far and waited in line that long for insane. one pre-roll. Insane. Really?
2: It cool. used to drive me insane. Yeah. I used to look at those orders and think, am I a joke to you? Right. <laughs> like yeah. is am I a game is this satire but at the same time i admire your dedication and i'm so happy you came but what the fuck
1: yeah yeah you're like you know it's it's awesome that you're having this experience of purchasing legal cannabis for the first time in your life but like jesus christ really
2: <laughs> it's it's literally mind-boggling but so humbling but also, I will say that the dispensary now attracts a certain type of person that yeah. you kind of don't feel bad for yeah. having those thoughts anymore. Like you, I don't feel bad at all sometimes. Like you get the odd o- the odd person that's like super awesome. The other ones, it's like, okay, you came here mad and you just wanted to be mad. And yeah. if you knew what they're going through on the back end, you'd be a little nicer, but you're right. not.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I know this is going to sound like gatekeepy, but I miss the days when it was just like kind of the exclusive group. Like, I'm not going to put aside the progress that we've made, you know, and there's a lot more progress that could be made because I think it's so stupid that I bring this up all the time, but I think it's so stupid. And I'm sure you'd agree as a bud tender, it's like, mm-hmm that you you're limited to selling them a certain amount. Like why wouldn't we just let them buy what they want to buy? Honestly, you just,
2: buy it. just yeah. let them do it. There's yeah. nothing stopping them from do. They're going to get back in line. I literally right. saw the same person one day, five times. Yeah. And I was, I just wanted to just sell him it over and over again, because yeah. it's not like you can stop him. You didn't put a structure in place to stop him so who gives a shit
0: right yeah that happens in all the states you know it happens in all the states it's lo- i think the term is looping you know and yeah uh, but but you know the thing is I, I just it's the yeah the purchase limits and the possession limits that like i know why the possession limits are still around it's it's so that you can still punish people for possessing cannabis like it's and i always try to bring up this point like did we really make it legal no we made it legal for when we're pretty blunt about it white dudes to sell weed you yep. know what I mean? The, like that's basically, yeah, we, that's what we basically did. It's so weed isn't really legal. It's, you know, you can have a certain amount, but you got to get it from the dudes that are licensed. Right. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. And when you buy it, you know, it might suck. Also, please know right. you might be getting sold weed from someone who used to be a cop because they now bought a dispensary. Isn't that circle? Hilarious. Like, come on. That is the most ridiculous Chicago shit I've ever heard. The fact (laughs) that that exists. Like, the person who used to persecute me as a teenager is now somehow owning some dispensaries here and laughing at my ass selling me their shit. Like, what the fuck? What? It's
0: it's ridiculous. It's all about knowing people and you know they've been on that side of the law so they probably figured out like oh there's a lot of money and that's what's that is truly crazy to see we've seen that trend in colorado as well like law enforcement getting involved in the cannabis industry to like either help protect you know like with cash and and all that product um it's so crazy to to see them just be like well this is a paycheck too it just shows that they've just do whatever they can to get a paycheck you know just say you
2: pulled me over to take my stash and go you pulled me over from my personal stash for yourself i get it right
0: yeah. And that's the other thing that we bring up all the time. And I, I'm just bringing it up again. Cause I don't count on people to listen to every second of all of our podcasts. You know, the, the transportation law is written the way that it is so that people can get in trouble and people do still get in trouble. Like we've seen it on uh, the R slash IL trees subreddit, like people getting class a misdemeanors, which are pretty fucking serious just because mm-hmm. they had cannabis in their pocket and get this breathe. It's crazy. I try to bring this up. Like before 2020, so, in 2019, when cannabis was technically decriminalized at that point, you know, 10 mm-hmm. grams or less, it was actually that person that got caught in 2020. If they would have been caught in 2019, they would have just had a citation. But now that weed's legal and there's all these transportation laws, they got a class A misdemeanor. And like they did to go not to court know that. Yeah, isn't that crazy? The penalties actually increased when we went to adult use. I try to bring that up all the time.
2: I had no idea. I have been
0: doing things wrong yeah no yeah yeah it's crazy so like and it's got to be addressed you know i saw that they had they did amend some language and uh they were trying to again the bill died uh just didn't get just didn't get a called to to hearing or for a vote rather um but they were talking about uh adding in language uh for resealable containers and i think the idea is so that you can because I've had conversation w- conversations with law enforcement and I'm like, hey, you know, uh, so the container, because what law enforcement tries to say on the news and a lot of times in like the press or whatever, uh, or if they're doing like talks with the community, they'll say like, you have to buy cannabis from a dispensary. And that's, that's not true. It's just it's simply not, not true. true. And they always say that you, if you're you to you know, transport cannabis, it's got to be in the container that you got from the dispensary. Right. Which is again, just not true because you don't have. And so I proposed the question to him like, Hey, what about, you know, I'm, a, I'm legally allowed to cultivate cannabis. Do you expect that that just stays home? Like, you know, or what, what's the deal with that? And he's like, Oh, good point. And so, um, I know that a lot of, them have started to consider that, and I I, can, I feel like that's the reasoning behind that. But honestly, um, all of that shit needs to be dropped, in my opinion. Like it just needs to be legal. And I know that seems like such a simple answer, but it, like it's it, it more really than is, simple. It's reasonable. Yeah, it's it's re yeah. Thank you, thank you. It's reasonable
2: because the fact that I see a lot at the call center, we get this call where hey, I'm from this state, can I drive in? The fact that someone has to say I had to travel three states just to buy weed
0: yeah.
2: and then commit even more felonies to get it back to my state. That's just dumb. Just, just be done. Like, you know, we want it, you know, everyone's going to get it. And back to that seeds that you pro- talked about, the fact that we're allowed to grow, but you give us no access to seeds. <laughs> right. What right. does that do? What does that, do you know, I'm going to get it illegally, but then you're going to punish me for getting it illegally but I'm also allowed to grow it, huh? Right.
0: Right. Yeah. You're We always joke you have to get those seeds through immaculate conception at this right.
2: point. Right. Like, what <laughs> do you want me to do? You're basically saying I'm right to do this. But if I do it this way, it's wrong. You want me to get caught and go yeah. to jail.
0: Exactly. Yeah. No. And that point you brought up about driving three states over because I used to, to, to do that you know and I still sometimes travel just to try other states cannabis or whatever and it's just weird because it's better well yeah true but it's weird when you uh like just the experience of driving through other states that are are still illegal and like that weird feeling that you feel again it's like oh yeah that's what it feels like to be like paranoid about having cannabis in my car and then like uh it's just weird that like there's a certain point when you like for example, when we went to Colorado, you see the Colorado state line, and you're like,
2: huh, oh, oh, thank God, woo,
0: we made it, we I made, made it. it." You know, like, so yeah, I, I don't know. You just kind of made me think of that. It's just, it's like you say, it's just, it's stupid. You said it that way. I like that you said it that way because it's stupid that you just have to drive by a this line. Dumb. Or I have a medical okay.
2: card. Why right. can't I use it everywhere? I clearly can have it. And why can't I travel with it if I have a medical card? That's literally why I got it. So that I can say, I need this when I go places. So now I can't leave here and take it with me. I travel. I like to do things. This is what I got it for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking to uh, Mark uh, Wasserman. He's from the Pop Brothers at Law in California. And they actually, like, I didn't realize this in California. If you've got a medical card, you can smoke wherever there's a smoking section, which seems reasonable, right? Like if there's a smoking section, you can smoke cigarettes or you can smoke weed. Like why not? You know? And uh, yeah, you can't do that in Illinois. (laughs) can't do that.
2: Because Illinois is really, Illinois and Missouri to me are the two Southern states we didn't know about. But we forget they're that way because of St. Louis and Chicago.
0: Right. Those, right. two ju-
2: those two just make it a little weird. It throws it in the mix like, nope, that's not South.
0: Yeah, it, I guess that kind of explains. Do you think that explains the idea, like why it feels like, and I mean, this is kind of what the cops tell you. When you buy cannabis at a dispensary, you know, you're supposed to throw it in the trunk and you're supposed to drive home and you're supposed to get into the back room and turn all the lights off, lock the doors, and yeah. then you can enjoy that. Make sure the windows are drawn, you know.
2: <laughs> think about <laughs> it. You drive outside of Chicago when you get corn corn mm-hmm. shuck yep. and jive corn like yep. that's exactly the state that we're in chicago confuses it and makes us think that oh it's this midwestern you know metropolitan but no this is really a secret southern state most of the people in the outskirts are from like mississippi or yeah. some southern state that migrated here we get it we know
0: we, yeah. the, we, we, we jokingly refer to it on Illinois as the chicago and then there's y'all, Illinois. So you you like pass this line, all of a sudden it's like yeah, you know? <laughs> That's
2: exactly what it's like because I meet people from other towns here, and I'm like, where did you come from?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean it. It says something that it's not uncommon for people from Downstate Illinois to have a slightly Southern accent, um, and. I, I always tell people that I was raised in an oddly Southern type environment while mm-hmm. still being in the middle of Illinois. Like, it's just, it's a very strange culture in this state, for sure.
2: We put gravy on everything. That's the signal. <laughs> That's it.
0: Yep. True. We do like our gravy. <laughs> Italian
2: beef. That is a, literally a Southern thing. That if you look at it, like nobody said, I'm going to just dunk this whole piece of bread in beef <laughs> juice and put beef in it. And, yeah, that's not Southern. It is. Ranch. 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 All yeah. of that. That's all Southern. I give it to him <laughs> <laughs> For
0: sure. Hell, yeah. So, um, what do you... what? what are you hoping for the future of cannabis in Illinois? Are you kind of hoping that, uh, I mean, I see that there's some strides being, I don't even know if I want to call them strides, but you know, there's like, we keep bringing up that bill that came forth. One of the goals was to add a second lottery. Um, I think that failed. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, But hopefully, I guess my hope is that they can make it even better than, what it was you know because i i i think more people should still be given an opportunity agree you know so i
2: i just wish it opened up that's all just open it up so we can push these giants out if we push the giants out open up and actually do that social equity we're supposed to it'll be different We have to make room for the people who actually want to do the work. Viola is right there. There is no way that Viola shouldn't have won a ticket for that lottery. I was so excited for them to come here and shake the table. So excited. Viola,
0: Mike G. uh, He's that's one of his friends actually that runs uh, Viola, I believe. I was
2: excited for them to just come in and say like, "This is how you do it. This is how you grow." This is how you do social equity. This is how you hire leaders who actually want to do work in the city, like do actual programs with people who live Mm. in areas that need the program. I was so excited for that. And the fact that they of all people who have the same capital as, you know, the GTIs, the Crescos, the Veranos didn't get it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like. That was just blatant. We're not open enough
0: for the work that we need to do. We talked about it with a podcast we will release in the future. Well, I don't even know how it's going to work out with this timeline, but whatever. Uh, We were talking one time on the podcast. I'll just be generic with that. We were saying that we really truly believe it was actually with a with one of the people that are applying for a license. Um, here in Illinois, uh, Chicago Cush, actually, I can say that. So we were talking okay. with the folks from Chicago Cush. Yeah, great, great folks. And uh, we were just saying that we truly believe what you're seeing is the intended outcome. Like, you know, J.B. Pritzker and all those people. And some of those people maybe were shooting for a good outcome. I'm not going to like paint with a broad brush, but like what you're seeing w- right now is the intended outcome. And one of the things that I say to back that up and I bring this up a lot is like the, all of the cultivators that currently are operating right now had published. So first of all, there were demand studies that came out that said that we were basically ill-equipped. We need to license up the market, you know, like all the, like the plan basically that we had was insufficient and they were the cultivators, uh, the cultivators released their own studies, basically trying to oppose all that. And they even went so far to request Uh, I can't remember exactly what mode they took to request this, but it's documented and I can try to find a source if people are curious. Um, Basically, they specifically requested like, um, you know, can we have control of the market for a year because we are, that's how equipped we are. Don't even license people because we're so equipped we can control this market for a year. And get, like, think about it, Brie, what have they had? They've had a year, over a year now.
2: It was the worst. We were so ill equipped to do that. Like, we yeah. had nothing. We had zero. We had zilch. We had nada. And a lot of our main products, because of that, disappeared completely. There are products that I haven't seen entirely.
0: Right. But like you say, the the money they brought in was crazy. The money
2: was and insane.
0: they did it unopposed, which is what they asked for. They asked if you think back, oh, it's like kind of what I was just saying. It's affirming kind of what you've been talking about. Like, And what we, what we the other idea I just brought up where it's like, you know, the intended outcome is what we're seeing. Uh, like, they didn't want any competition. They haven't had any competition. I bet you they had their hand in the whole fuck up that was the license you know absolutely and the kpmg conflicts of interest and everything else like i i would not put it past any of them um
2: i wouldn't put it past a few of them if you just know their history in their previous jobs yeah let's just start there like we their writing was on the wall if we paid attention to who's running what just by their background that's public knowledge that's not shade that's not me trying to throw a jab you know uh, your I mean, background. venture
0: capitalist backgrounds there's a lot of people i mean i've been in uh you know meetings that maybe i wasn't supposed to be in frankly uh about they, they were just talking pretty boldly about how they're happy that they had like people from the alcohol industry and yeah um, Etc. Like, yeah, we got this guy from anheuser Bush. He fucking kicks ass at anheuser Bush, And now he's here to do the same thing in cannabis. And it's like, whoa, whoa, this is not that's not what the cannabis industry is, though.
2: And that's why it's abusive. Those people who were kicking ass at Anheuser-Busch, they wouldn't do half the shit they're doing to people there that they're doing here because now they could you know flex their muscle and be a complete douche and say like i'm gonna run these people into the ground i'm gonna make as much money as i can and then when it gets too hot i'm leaving straight up because at the end of the day they got they got the check they got the bag it's done
1: i think uh it it definitely brings home the point that you were just making for me to say that one one of the days after adult use uh, the CEO of our company came down and actually worked like behind a register for a day with us, and he told me that he was actually leaving the company. He wasn't going to be around any longer, and we're like, "Oh, that's so sad. What are you going to do?" And he's like, "I don't know. I got enough money out of this one. I'm going to probably go back to real estate." Yep. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, you've gotten enough money. That's great." Like I. I'm almost rent or late on my rent. So that's cool.
2: <laughs> or the few that have left their companies cuz actually funny story that's exactly how I saw what happened where I was. You know, I saw everybody come to work the register and pretend that they were giving me, you know, oh, go take a little extra break. I got it. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Meanwhile, they're fucking up the inventory and messing up the register. But yep. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> But, you know, they're just excited that, you know, hey, they got their big payday and they got some yuppies to buy some pre-rolls. And, you know, congrats. Yeah. Morality aside.
0: Right. And Illinois, uh, just a headline from the Chicago Tribune, Illinois sitting on uh, it's an article by Robert McCoppin on the Chicago Tribune. Illinois is currently sitting on $62 million in cannabis revenue, which was meant to foster businesses and help neighborhoods hurt by poverty and violence. So it's doing part, uh, to problems, which we were just talking about with the state system to award new cannabis business license. Uh, the other reason uh, for the holdup officials say is because of an outpouring of requests for funding. So, uh, just another layer to this whole thing, you know, like that was, again, we were t- kind of talking about that with, my rosy outlook of denver right um but truly you know they've brought in a lot of tax dollars uh from in, in and out of state people and we've done the same so far but it's kind of sad it looks like the chicago tribune's reporting on the fact that you know that money's just sitting there at this point yeah it's not been anybody right
2: i would so. like for them to shake the table and maybe make it like a a legal, to, legal state to legal state type of thing. So maybe we can order from, you know, all the Latino and Black owned companies instead of the big ones. I'm just going to order and get it shipped here and flush you out. Just make it possible to literally make it fair where they have to be ethical now because yeah. now it's not a money grab. Now you don't now you're not selling your seed to seeds to this cultivator making you even more money just to reproduce your flower. Like it's, it's this is getting super dumb.
0: Right. Yeah, and so just a little bit more I guess on where those proceeds are supposed to go. 35% to the state's general fund, 25% to community development, 20% for substance abuse treatment and prevention and mental health, uh, 10% to the state's backlog of bills, uh, 8% to local law enforcement and, and 2% uh, for education and collecting data on the health effects of legal cannabis, which um, you know, I argue that would be helpful. Pretty, yeah, that would be helpful. That last point, especially right there. So
1: it's hard to collect money for something that's not federally legal yet,
0: especially
2: for canna moms. That would be really dope for Canada moms because that's a risky area in itself that a lot of people don't touch on yeah and it needs to be studied so that they can get out of that risk zone
0: yeah Absolutely. i'd be interested to see what illinois comes up with with uh education first probably of all. probably like, nothing you know? yeah and then the collection of data on health effects be interesting
2: It will be nice to have like solid data so that we're not just, you know, experimenting as bud tenders and, you know, saying, oh, I think this works because it has these terpenes or, you know, this is exactly what terpene, this terpene does. This is what we think it does right now. But right, we need that concrete study so we can make this a true science because it deserves to be a true science. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I know a lot of people right now are relying just on Google searches, then these lengthy articles that contain all these buzzwords, you know, like cannabinoids and terpenes. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's not backed by anything at all, except for personal experience. And, you know, you can't get your doctor to talk to you about it because your doctor wasn't educated on it. Um, okay. So yeah, I think definitely more studies and more research would um, put a lot of people's mind at ease when it comes to using cannabis as medicine. Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like it would only, it would only help both sides potential, or like it could potentially help. Hold on, okay. So what I'm trying to say is like it could you know, prove some of the things that people are saying about cannabis positively could probably Mm -hmm. also prove things that people are saying about cannabis negatively. Like maybe for example, you know, like Dr. Lee is talking about, there's a lot of preliminary studies that suggest that particularly smoking cannabis is maybe not the healthiest thing, which of course not right. Who's saying that it is, but um, what we're saying is in comparison to smoking cigarettes, you know, it's um, better. Right. Right so pick your uh, poisons you know yeah just uh i would try to have you ever thought about the fact that like illinois has certain taxes structured to to really it's to gear people towards better health so for example there's a soda tax and i believe that was inspired by like there were soda taxes in new york city for example like if you got like a extra large soda it was taxed extra which would it's kind of meant to deter you from I'm getting it. I think a lot of people refer to them as sin taxes as well. So they apply to like alcohol, tobacco, and they even say cannabis. But have you ever thought about the fact that it's kind of reversed with cannabis? So typically, like the structure at least, so hear me out, like flour is typically the cheapest and taxed less because, Mm -hmm. of course, that tax only kicks up to 30% or 35% if you're above 30% THC. Um, but but just like to follow the thought, it's weird to think that like edibles and concentrates, which are arguably the more healthy option, are taxed higher. You'd think it'd be the other. I'm not like I'm not trying. I'm not advocating for flour to be more expensive, but you know what I mean? Like No,
2: you're correct. With,
0: with the way that st- taxes are typically structured, you'd think that that's how it would go. Like the ch- the healthier option would be like the one you'd try to get people to get.
2: Yeah. You know? A uh, funny story, you actually triggered me with that um soda tax one. when soda yeah, tax started, my mom refused to like let any of us buy soda for that entire time. like oh I didn't gosh. I didn't have pop that entire time. There was no pop. She said no because of the tax, and she I wouldn't see. even let me personally pay for it because she was that <laughs> stubborn. So we have just now transitioned into rebuying it. So when you said it, I went, oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So in
2: regards to like the flower, I did expect that to definitely be taxed more because I feel like, you know, you see the upper THC levels with those like for motor breath and stuff like that. The ones that get to like 39 percent tax that tax all of that. But for edibles to have a high tax and nine times out of 10, the ones that are in stock are two milligrams. What?
0: Yeah.
1: Plus, they're already expensive as shit. I mean, $25 for 100 milligrams. Are you kidding me?
2: Like, no, don't tax something that's already super pricey and then adding a tax on top of a topical you're going to make me pay more tax for a $25 lotion that is only going to give me one pump yeah no no
0: <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's crazy yeah i'm glad I, i'm glad you're on board with that yeah cuz it's i don't know it's just a mind I fuck. laughed
2: why would you make that tax this tax structure for recreational was laughable and I just knew no one was gonna pay it no one's gonna pay this expensive stuff and then lo and behold there was an eight-hour line and I said there was somebody who did it great yeah
1: Yeah. suckers
0: (laughs) straight up straight up it's it's crazy you know and
1: yeah, we, it's crazy we at my dispensary used to talk a lot of shit about the adult use taxes to our medical patients and would be like can you believe that this uh 15 gram that i'm about to sell you they're waiting in line over there to pay 25 bucks for it like mm-hmm. oh my god thank god you have your medical card right like oh
2: but then it's, you saw like the increase of medical patients and i was like wait yeah. now my medical status is being seen as a joke and i don't like that
0: yeah <laughs> and the prices went up yeah the, the prices went up and
2: you ruined those. it for everybody guys like i know you wanted to save on the taxes which i totally get yeah but like being medical is a legit thing for some right <laughs> so right. let's not
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah let's not <laughs> exactly and, well and you like Man, I, I bring this up all the time. Some people joke with me about it, but I really miss the days when you could get three and a half grams of concentrate for 140 bucks Ooh. from PTS. Yeah, or the like gift
2: boxes. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh Just yeah. Do you I remember the won. gift boxes, the gift mm-hmm. boxes.
1: Oh yeah. I or the bundles. Yeah. Yes. Just, uh, they used to do such great stuff for medical patients
0: yeah
2: the bundles you gotta concentrate a joint a eighth a edible and then it would all come out to like 150 bucks what i love it here i love it here
1: right
0: yeah i miss those days i hope we i hope we start to see some you know not only more products on the market but the prices drop it might fear i've been saying this for a while and i don't i can't take credit for this but i also can't give credit to anybody i can't remember who put this thought in my head but maybe it was mike malcolm maybe it's conversation we had with him but i really wouldn't be surprised if like as soon as people are licensed up right there's new competitors on the market you just see this crazy drop in price to in order to flood these new people out
2: Uh, you know what i mean yeah you know what I I hope for that. I really do. In the meantime, I forgot to do my shameless plug. I got too high. If hey, it's all any good. If any cultivator here wants me to test anything, I am here, I am willing, I am your <laughs> guinea pig, and I'm okay.
1: <laughs>
2: I will give you honest feedback and be deliriously happy. Yeah, Um, but I will say I hope they flood the market. I hope that they reduce these prices because the fact that you can sit there and charge seventy-five dollars for an eighth of shake, right, or like seven grams of shake, and then it's terrible shake at that. It's not even the good stuff that you would get from Colorado for the same price. Right, you can get an
0: you can get an ounce of good shake in Colorado for fifty bucks.
2: Amazing shake
0: amazing shake yeah shake oh, that you can bucks. like
2: roll really nice get a nice packed bowl from it like this shake is trash and you're charging yeah. me how much for that and then i weighed it that's not how much is in that jar sure so you're not only are you overcharging me you're underserving me like there has to be somebody that comes in and just shakes the table why aren't your buds frosty Right. Your bud should be frosty for this price. I want to see diamonds all through it. I want to see purples, pinks, blues, all the colors.
0: Yeah, you're paying premium price for a subpar product. Or really the fact that we got
2: cookies. We fucked up cookies.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Who will was never it forgive you. I think there? it was
2: Ascend or Ozone or somebody yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, well, now, now they're never not forgive. even... I don't even think Ascend is even growing their own flower now. They seem to just be repackaging Crescos.
2: (laughs) They are. I will never forgive you guys for ruining my favorite brand that is Cookies. I was so excited to be able to see that brand come here because Chicago needs a cultivator like that. Chicago needed a Chicago Kush at that level, you know? And that was Cookies. And instead you gave me cookies but it wasn't cookies it was cresco flower and shame on you
0: yeah yeah it's pretty fucked up you know it's it's sad looking back on it how excited i was for all this stuff you know And i threw the package everybody else was what's that i
2: threw i threw it i got opened it looked at it and i was like this isn't fucking cookies you
1: liar
0: yeah, yeah. that's sad jeez it's, it's tough to look back on. Like you, you remember how exciting it all was. And like you say, you come from like those days when it was nice and cozy in the medical store and you were hoping that would translate over to adult use. Right.
2: When flower actually used to like punch you in the nose and concentrates used to be full of terps and diamonds and, you know there was substance you could tell like at first there was at least an effort to give you a quality product even with Cresco. and they yeah. they've dropped the ball so much but they used to have you know some winners in there that made you say okay this is worth it this is great verano used to kick ass verano yeah. used to straight blow up. your socks off
0: straight up i will i'll never forget how great verano used to be and i try to say that cuz it's like, I, are they still using the packaging that says they're hand-trimmed colas? Because they're not anymore. And they've, like, admitted that, I think, which is weird. That they, I haven't purchased that
2: there. anything. because Yeah, I've not
0: either. Yeah. It's...
2: The moment I heard the word mold and then people saying, oh, it's just the taste. It's not exactly moldy yet. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? Yeah. Why? You're the most expensive one. So if I pay for you, I pay for you to be amazing. But no, you sold me mold.
0: Well, I mean, have you seen, have you checked out on our Instagram, the pictures we posted of their uh, grow operation with bugs inside of it? I
2: did. I was so sad because that means that there is probably a bug in your RSO or your concentrate. And I can't tell you how many times. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why would you do that to me?
0: Well, and actually we talk about that too, you know, the concentrate, the edibles, all those things are probably the best ones to blow buggy flour into. Cause you get an end product that, I mean, it looks like concentrate still, even if there were bugs in it, it looks like a chocolate bar still, even if you blew the flower with bugs on it, you know what I mean? So scary. But
2: I will say it left me to discover, you know, smaller brands that were ignored when we were medical like you know shelby's county shelby's county kicks ass like they're they're doing their shit they don't come out with stuff often but when they come out with stuff you know they're they're doing it uh what's another one what's the aeroponic one that does arise arise they tend to be really nice when they're when they're consistent yeah so i thank you for leaving room for those people because they definitely have found the time to get their roses but you know if you used to kick ass i wish you kicked ass again
0: did you hear that shelby county got purchased by or acquired by another company
2: yes i did i'm i want to know what is the other company
0: so Uh, bad well they got acquired by red white and bloom llc Mm. which is like uh they do a lot of things with I think with cannabis across the nation, I maybe I'll do a quick Google really quick, but um, I just wonder what we're going to see out of that, you know, like, cause I don't think you're going to see a continuation of uh, Shelby County. Okay. So if you Google what the hell, I tried to Google it and it, it banged it. What the hell is going on? Oh. Uh, <laughs> hold on a second. Um, i'm just joking i don't really have that much of a problem with being i just don't use it i'm not familiar with it so uh red white and bloom is uh it says it's america's cannabis so
2: hmm, i don't like that
0: yeah it doesn't sound <laughs> uh too good they got a stock price uh, headquarters in toronto canada
2: okay that rede- that's redeemable
1: unless they're doing it so they can like avoid some sort of united states taxes
2: Okay, then that's not redeemable. (laughs) You you had me, and then you lost me. But if your if your product is great, you know I'll take you back. I'll give you a half hug.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, it looks like they've got a high, uh, high times license, so they can exclusive. They can license high times products apparently. Hmm. Um.
1: So I wonder if we're gonna be seeing some like Willie Nelson's brand coming on the shelves. I don't know. I All would I'd avoid it.
0: I, I would avoid the High t- Times brand. I don't know. Maybe. What? I'm Maybe you I'm have wrong. me at hey, Willie I'm Nelson. Me.
2: You have. Oh, me. hey,
0: I tried Willie Nelson. Some of Willie Nelson's Bud in Colorado. It's uh, Willie's Reserves. I've actually got a sticker on my computer from that experience. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just High Times to me, it's maybe they're good people, but to me, I've gotten an impression that maybe they're not the best people, you know? So I don't but know. I, I might be wrong. Was but Willie
2: Nelson just... worth it? Was it, was he, ama- was the product amazing? Cause I the expect was so many good, good things. Oh, the great. product
0: was good. Yeah. I can't remember what I was, what I got, but I love that all of his, it seemed like all of his product names, it had like, it sounded like very farmy, you know, like very sure. like Willie Nelson. So one of them was like steamroller and like, <laughs> They're I don't,
1: probably like his song names or references to his true songs. enough.
0: True enough. Yeah. Um, you say his yeah. name, I'm literally there.
2: I sold. You take my money. Take it. Same here.
0: I he's a treasure. Yeah, he's a treasure. Gotta love Willie Nelson.
1: I know a few cultivators here in Illinois were growing some of his stuff because like um oh what's that company? Grassroots, They had a Lucinda Williams strain, which is a Willie Nelson strain. And then... I can't They're remember.
2: underwhelming to me for some yeah. reason. They just they really always... Are. They miss it just by a little. And it's like if you just had that little bit, I'd be so happy to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I liked... When they first came out with their Mac flower, I was a big yep. fan of that, and I tried the concentrate, and I liked it, but then I got some other concentrates um, from them, and it like it just sat in my box forever because I felt like they had no effect.
2: That, and they had the hardest packaging to open. I oh felt like God. a baby, and a I, baby. I just gave up.
1: You know, they literally were (laughs) going to come out with special dab mats that um, had instructions on how to open their concentrates. It would have like, they said they were going to put like a circle for where you set your concentrate down on, and like you put your flat palm against the lid and push down apparently with your entire body weight. Too much. And try to turn at the same time. And then, you know, maybe you can get it open.
2: If I'm a baby already, I don't need you to emphasize it.
1: Right. Because <laughs>
2: now I'm even more mad.
0: Well, and the folks that have low dexterity and problems with their hands, like, how, how are they supposed to open it? You know, I know that at the, one of my local dispensaries, they actually had to contact the state to get an exception to allow them to, like, pop the seal for this lady before she left so that she would be able to open it when yeah. she got home i know? think
2: we asked them for an empty one but so we can like teach ourselves and <laughs> yeah. that's how i got it but even then once i taught myself i was like this is still dumb i still can't open it i know how but this isn't working yeah, yeah.
0: brie remind us where uh, we can find you what's your instagram handle again
2: my instagram handle is brie the can of for all your cute Girly smoke gear and how to find it, and some nice food porn.
0: <laughs> Good shit, cool. We try to plug that a few times through the show. And again, folks, that'll be in the description of the podcast. So if you just want to copy and paste it, search it on your Instagram app. You can connect with Bree. Um, so yeah, Bree, we're definitely gonna have to have you back on the show in the future. Because um,
2: oh, please do.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll definitely shoot you uh, some more time slots because. You're really easy to talk to. And I think that like you've got a really good perspective on the market. So absolutely. Would I'm, love to have you I'm
1: glad you can commiserate with me on being a bud tender.
0: Yeah.
2: Trauma sisters. Made... <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: she needed that. I was going to say, cause I, I'm a, I'm a consumer. I'm a patient slash consumer, you know? So I can't be like, Oh, I feel you girl. Like I, I don't know that side of the, the counter, I guess to say, I don't know how it feels to be on that side of the counter.
2: You just need that one person to be like, I know it sucks too. I see yeah. you.
0: Yeah. And I I just, I thought it, today's episode was pretty good in the, the sense that it was illuminating. I hope for our listeners to hear what it is like on the other side of the counter, because again, it really is just that when you ask them for something like on the menu, they turn around and see if that is indeed on the shelf. And if it's not, it's I'm not. sorry, it's not on the Yeah, it's not. It's just not there and they can't, they can't make it appear. No, they they can't can't,
2: order it. They can't order it.
0: You can't go in the back and trim it off the plants because there's no plants back there. You know, as much as it might smell like there's plants growing in the dispensary, there aren't, you know, everything comes repackaged, you know.
2: Dear everyone above 64, everything you think is a lie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I won't lie. I mean, when I first started going, I was like, yeah, they got to be growing back there, you know? No way they aren't.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think everyone does. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. People, what else would you think? So, yeah. Well, I'm Thank really you guys high-hack. so much. Sure. Yeah. yeah I'm, thank I ha- you. I, what did you say you were smoking on again? Gucci? Gucci OG. Cool. Well, let's spark up some. We always like to spark up uh, kind of just to close out a podcast and um we'll definitely be reaching out to you in the future to have you back on air so um thank you guys so much this was so fun hell yeah it was it was a really good time
1: Mm -hmm. i enjoyed it
0: let's spark up some weed and that's my lighter in the back It's like this it's like the beginning of a little Wayne song you know if you hear the lighter shit's about to go down
2: oh my god don't even get me started that's all high school grammar school
0: <laughs> there you go all there the words
2: go. top to bottom glasses
0: <laughs> hell yeah
1: you and Cole would get along well I know very little little Wayne like if it wasn't <laughs> playing in the bars when I was 19 I probably don't know it
2: <laughs> oh post-covid I'll come to every session. You, you guys Hell got yeah. me. You got me. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. No, absolutely. Post COVID, we're going to do try to do these things in person and it'd be cool to, we're we'll just look forward to being able to session up with people. Cause you know, with zoom um, and with cool people like you, you know, like it's really easy to talk and get deep into a conversation. Um, but you and know, there's, sessions there's, are
2: personal, you know? Yeah.
0: That's just it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so Brie, I, I want to do thank you for coming uh, once again onto the Chillanoi podcast. I think the reason I kind of just started going loose is because we're, you know, sparking up at the end of the show. So yeah. it's that good stuff, right?
2: Yeah, we got in the high trail. We both, we all took our little hit and was like, So what you doing?
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we went down that path for sure. So, Chillanoi, thank you for listening. Uh, check out Brie on Instagram. We've got her handle in the uh, podcast description. And yeah, so connect with her on social media. We'll be having her uh, back onto the show uh, in the future. So uh, you can look forward to that. So, all right, and Take care. Cheers.